Welcome into the Allo Communications Studios. I'm Tanner Schwent. Hi, jo- Tanner. Joined by that guy. Uh, and Taylor Myers with TaylorMade Legal Services. Havala with Bruno Lilly Legal. Uh, today we're diving into a story that is very similar to the one we've discussed on our program before uh, about the truck driver that uh, Kim Kardashian weighed in on and Jared Polis. Kind of in the same realm when he's talking about bad brakes on a truck. But what we want to know, that there was this happened in Weld County. There was a crash uh, uh, of a truck that ended up killing five people here on I-25 in Weld County. It has now come out that he was driving on a canceled license. So what does that mean for the way that his judgment's going to come down uh, before the court before the court reviews this, before he pleads his case? How is this going to impact the trial? I'll open it up to either of you to, to start off here. Well, I think in a case like this, when there are deaths, you can expect two different types of cases to get filed. So the first case is going to be a criminal case, which we're already seeing the prosecution has commenced. And then you're also going to probably see a wrongful death lawsuit that's going to be filed within the year of um, the parties dying. So the statute of limitations is usually a year is a good rule of thumb. Um, and those two things are going to – it's going to be relevant in those two different proceedings in different ways. In the criminal case, you're going to see the defense file motions before they get to a trial setting to exclude that evidence as irrelevant. And a judge is going to have to decide whether or not it is relevant for purposes of the criminal prosecution. What are the chances that that happens where it's excluded or is it just very dependent upon the case? It's dependent upon the charges. So the question of relevancy really basically says, is this proposed evidence that we have here going to make any one of the charges that are charged more or less likely to be true? So that's the standard. Um, So if the suspended license does not specifically relate to, I'm assuming it's going to be vehicular homicide, um, if it, it has no correlation on that charge specifically, then it should be excluded as evidence because it's only being used to essentially taint the jury pool to make them think this guy's a bad guy instead of trying to figure out whether or not he committed a crime. So in a different context, uh, thinking about it in a, like a DUI context, right. uh, if you have that, if someone was driving, got a DUI and had a restricted license like this, right. for simplicity's sake... You can bifurcate that in the sense that, say, like, they don't have anything to do with one another. Like, you driving drunk and you having a restricted license or an invalid license doesn't necessarily have to do with one another. In this case, I think there is more of a valid argument for, you know, those two to correlate. So, you know... I, I think there's a better chance in this case for it not to be excluded. See, and this is what's confusing to me because I see those two things and say, okay, they're going to just stack on top of each other. But that's not apparently how it works. Now, now I see it and I hear the suspended license or whatever it was, a non-active license or whatever it was. How did that actually have a role in what the outcome was? I yeah. mean, if he, well, had an, was, if he had a normal driver's license, would that not have happened? Right. I mean, does that come into play, but, those questionings, that the judge is going to determine whether it's admissible or not? Well, I think Taylor has a good point, 
right? We we probably shouldn't assume that the only charge that's being charged is vehicular homicide. There probably is a driving under suspension charge. With that, it makes it easier for that evidence to come in. But then she's correct that the defense's strategy would then shift to trying to separate those two charges under the same type of rationale, saying if we try these two charges at the same time, the jury is going to be so um, infuriated or confused about the fact that this guy was driving without a valid driver's license that they're just going to say he's guilty of this other crime because it's emotional rather than looking at the facts. So then their goal is to separate that to prevent that evidence from coming into the vehicular homicide portion of the trial. Does the reason why the uh, the commercial driver's license was uh, the CDL was was not valid at the time, does that come into play? If it gets in, it can. Uh, there's, I mean, that's getting pretty technical. Uh, I was just looking at the statute yesterday um, before court, and it, it, there are so many various reasons a CDL can be suspended. Right. And so in it's a case-by-case basis, right? Because in this case, we don't know why it was suspended. But I think if you're the prosecution, you argue to say, hey, he, it goes towards his... Um, well, it goes towards a lot of things, but you can say it goes towards like his duty of care in being a truck driver. It goes towards all these various things. I think it said the brakes were yeah not uh, adjusted faulty, correctly. So yep, it goes, yeah. I think it can go towards all of that. Well, and I think it's interesting. And while I'd be curious because the the Colorado State Patrol didn't say why the driver's license was canceled, but Nine News dug into this and they found a federal report that said that he didn't have a valid uh, medical certificate. So he he didn't have an up to date uh, physical CDL to be able to have physical? it. Yeah, he didn't okay. have that CDL physical. Could you see? that coming in where, okay, the the physical side of it means that you're in good health to operate the truck adequately. Is that the argument that would be made? That's one good argument I think that could be made. Look, I could represent good. myself. <laughs> Told you. Not nothing, Havilah? Nothing? I think you're... You're basing what happens in the courtroom based off of a news article, and <laughs> the news is not really a good litmus test for what happens in the courtroom. Was this guy... An independent driver, or did he work for somebody? That I'm not sure of. I'll have to pull that up. Okay, because I'm just wondering when it comes down to, okay, CDL, not licensed, all those things, can the employer then be looked at as you had somebody who wasn't, you know, hadn't done dotted all the I's and crossed the T's to legally be operating? Yes, I would mm-hmm. wager a guess that he's a independent right. contractor okay. as his own because a lot of those companies have – very strict uh, rules relating to that because of their insurance obligations, and they right. know right away when somebody's license is suspended or if there's an issue with. Um, you can't insure them if there's anywhere close. Correct. If there's any issues on this, right. and they may, and they usually do the vehicle compliance checks right. so often, you know. Right. Very no, good. It is. It is. So that was one case that was going on. Uh, you had sent uh, as well a couple articles that I, I'll be completely honest, I didn't read because you sent so many of them. Uh, but uh, there was one. Did I, did I see something about a woman pimping people out? Did I see that one? Is yes. That right? Okay. Break. Walk, walk us through. Walk us down that lane. Well, <laughs> let, let, <laughs> I'm going to take the bike path. All right, you guys walk down that lane. I'll be over here. Well, it's an interesting um, article 
Um, and again, we're basing this based off of the article, not the pleadings or the affidavit. But I think the reason why this caught everybody's attention isn't just that a female was accused of pimping other females out in a prostitution ring through a massage parlor, but it was that how um, the police investigated this. And um, this can be tricky, right? So once the police get in into a position where they've got enough evidence that maybe somebody is prostituting themselves, there's usually a, an ethical duty to stop the conduct. Um, and in this this case, it appears as if the officer basically went in for a massage and there were two females who were massaging him and were, were naked and then rubbed up against him. The body during, slide is right. the official term for this. Right. right. It, well. it, up until he then apparently, after receiving all of that, um, then decided to cite everybody for um, criminal conduct. So that that's kind of why it's in the headlines is the investigation and, and the officer's misconduct. I'm sure I'd like Thoughts, to check Brian? his phone to see how many of his buddies he called and said, look, in three hours I'm bringing this place down yeah. and I'd get over <laughs> here now. All right? That's, that makes no sense. That, that just has problem so written all over can it. Can that get a case thrown out? Yeah, I think that's why it's it's going to get set for trial is because there's some problems with the integrity of the law enforcement involved. He paid for the massage, too. Yeah. He, he went ahead and paid for it at the end of it. Well, I mean, there has to be an exchange of services, uh-huh. right? I, I don't know that he actually has to exchange the money, but that's usually that's usually what you see in these prostitution stings is an exchange of money, an agreement, and then you end it before there is actual fulfillment of the agreement. Um, in this case, it kind of went backwards. Yeah, I I did finish the drug purchase from the guy, but I thought I'd better shoot it up just to make sure it was yeah. good. Yeah. It's not just sugar. you got to go do that. This but. is so bad. All I can think about is this: there's a South Park episode where you like the cop goes to see the prostitute like 20 times, and they're like, ah. <laughs> I, I love any time you could take something and get it back to a South Park episode. And, and try pleading that in court. Well, right. well, Your Honor, uh, in the South Chewbacca Park— defense? Episode 11, right. yeah. yeah. I love the Chewbacca defense. <laughs> That's my favorite. How mad do you think his police chief, what the hell was I was, was trying that? to do a Wookiee noise. That it was, was yeah, terrible. I know, it was that more was like good. It was an elk how, bugle. How pissed was that police chief when, when that guy got back and he goes, you did what now? You, you, you didn't stop at when? Right, I think that guy was probably immediately put on leave. Yeah, I think that would be the proper way to go about it. 8.49 the time. Good morning, NOCO. Uh, ask a lawyer segment. So what else has got your guys' attention going on in the, the legal world and the law world right now? You know, I think the only other thing that I kind of brought to you guys was this idea of the um, the recent Supreme Court ruling sort of overturning the restrictions in New York for the uh, Second Amendment restrictions on uh, people's rights to carry firearms. And I had mentioned a few weeks ago that I was curious to see how that would play out with some of our smaller jurisdictions, because after the Boulder shooting, we saw specifically Boulder and some of the surrounding jurisdictions enact small restrictions on possession of firearms. Um, And we just saw that the Tenth Circuit um, granted some injunctions. So basically, they said, based on the recent case law from the U.S. Supreme Court, we're going to prevent you from imposing these restrictions until we can fully litigate whether or not this is constitutional. So we see this often when the Supreme Court cases do come down. Are we done with the bombshell cases coming out of the Supreme Court? Have they ruled on most of those big ones or not yet? 
I don't think so. I think, yeah, you had a giggle there. Yeah. <laughs> Not a chance in I, hell. I think, like we've talked about so many times on the show, we, they've litigated a few of the issues. But if the Supreme Court, you know, and they will stay as the way it is, they're going to keep using historical and, um, you know, the the constitutionalism they use to decide find on other cases. Um, and so I don't think I don't think we're done. All right. Yeah. It'll be interesting uh, to, to see what comes of this, but uh, appreciate the insight and information today, ladies. Uh, Taylor, appreciate your time as always. Any final thoughts from you? Um, I think I finally found a catchphrase, and I'm just like... No, you're, you're, set, you're set. No, I'm good. Uh, you can call me for a free consultation, uh, 970-939-8366, uh, and find me on taylormadelegalservices.com. All right, Havel. Don't talk to the cops. And um, if you find yourself in legal trouble, criminal trouble, give me a call for a free consult, 720-340-1373. And you can find me at brunolillylegal.com. All right, ladies. Appreciate your time. As always, 8.51 the time, closing out on 8.52. It's Good Morning NoCo. We'll wrap it up next on Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031 and 1310 KFK.